1: And you're listening to The Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation in Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, as always, joined by Chris Flum. And we're going to be giving you a preview of the Giants' next matchup against the Detroit Lions. A Lions team that is currently 2-3-1, not indicative of their actual capabilities as a team. But, like, we were actually just discussing a very interesting one because of how... Different they are offensively and defensively, but before we get to that, we want to address the Giants signing Dion Buchanan and adding them to their roster, who is just an additional piece to the Giants' defense that has been struggling this season.
0: Yeah, and it, it's really at a position they've kind of struggled to address since James Betcher was hired, and that's the money back position, which. Even now, there's still a lot of confusion about what that actually is. Basically, it's a safety weak inside linebacker hybrid. Uh, It's a position that a lot of defenses have created, especially at the college level, just to kind of deal with spread offenses and how much speed and range is required to deal with them. Uh, Buchanan was drafted in the first round out of Washington State. It was kind of a big safety. He doesn't really have the movement skills to play a true safety in the NFL, but he did transition really well to a linebacker role, at least until James Betcher left. You know, he's kind of been struggling the last couple of years. He only had three tackles for Tampa Bay before he was released. Hopefully, he getting back with Betcher, being in a defense he knows and has played well in, hopefully he'll give the Giants that kind of speed and range they don't really have at the linebacker position right now
1: defense has been an issue and any piece you can add in really won't detract from their performances so far so hopefully the Buchanan signing uh is a strong addition for for this team and Betcher continues to add former players that he coached which hopefully his familiarity with him also adds for a smooth transition to becoming a New York Giant so as we always do we're going to be breaking down the offensive and defensive game plan for the Giants this week. Like I said, we're doing going to be doing that for the Detroit Lions. So first up, offensive game plan. First thing that needs to be discussed here is that they have a, a very, very bad pass rush. And statistically in the bottom, in a number of things as far as their pass rush goes, they're missing their star player, Deshaun Hand, currently relatively depleted at other positions. How good are these remaining pass rushers, Chris? Honestly,
0: not great. ESPN has started publishing the pass rush and pass block win rates for every team in the NFL, and they basically keep a rolling track of how often teams are winning in pass protection and pass rush. And the Lions are dead last in terms of their win rate as pass rushers, yeah, Trey Flowers has not been playing up to his contract. Part of that I've seen mentioned. Uh, Stephen White, the contributor on SB Nation main site, former NFL defensive end, he, he has basically he has straight up said that the Lions have not been moving Flowers around enough. They've been sticking him as an edge rusher and just leaving him there, and that does not fit his game. If they move him around and try to get him matchups, you know we could, we could see his production as a pass rusher increase. Two former Giants, Romeo Aquara and Devin Kennard, are not playing at the level they were last year when they each had seven sacks. And especially the first part of last year when Kennard was playing an outside linebacker role, he was actually playing at a similar level to Khalil Mack. Uh, since then, I believe he's been moved to an inside linebacker and it just doesn't fit his game as well. So they could potentially get more pass rush than we have seen. But as it stands right now, the Giants offensive line is not going to be facing a pass rush like we saw with the Cardinals and the Patriots and the Vikings.
1: It seems like the last three games were just worst possible situations because the Cardinals had two very talented veteran pass rushers. The Vikings had one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. The Patriots had a talented group and uh, a very smart head coach with a good defensive coordinator so they were able to tee off at times in the Cardinals game being the absolute worst of all three of them this really might be the best opportunity for them to create a clean pocket for Daniel Jones you really only pointed out the only notable guy to talk about and that's Trey Flowers the former Patriot and really besides that there's no one who scares me You, you, you pointed out everyone and None of those guys really do anything for me. None of them I'm I'm really so worried about that you need to game plan. When we were talking about the other teams, we were at some point saying, like, oh, I don't know how you're going to stop all these guys. But the Lions pass rush, just nothing good about it. Now, knowing the Giants, though, that does open things up for them to allow them to have a good game because at times they have made things very difficult for protecting Daniel Jones and keeping him off of his back
0: yeah they have had a couple get healthy games for other teams already you know, we saw the Giants defense allow Kirk Cousins to get healthy and he has more or less been on fire since uh last week we saw the Giants play against a a Cardinals team that was really in the same position as the Lions are two three and one with one of the very worst defenses in the NFL and they were able to really get healthy against the Giants so I think first and foremost the Giants can't give the Lions defense the opportunity to get healthy against them
1: this defense for the Lions also statistically struggles in pretty much every possible category you can find. The next thing that they're very poor in, which is probably mostly because of their poor pass rush, is their pass defense. They've they're currently the 30th ranked pass defense in the NFL. And to add to that, they recently traded one of their defensive backs, Quadri Diggs. And as a result, veteran corner Darius Slay was very disgruntled and vocal on Twitter so how can they use this to their advantage? It seems like things that just continue to get worse for this this defense. How can they attack them, and how can they catch them on their heels? I would say
0: try to use, uh, especially Evan Ingram. He's coming off a bad game. Try to use him to attack the middle of the field. If they can get after the replacement for Diggs, maybe that could cause some problems on the sidelines. But at the very least, whoever's going to be on the field for Diggs wouldn't have been on the field as much with, him on, with Diggs on the field, that is. So hopefully the Giants could get after that kind of inexperienced player.
1: Just looking at their depth chart that hasn't even been updated, it looks like Tavon Wilson would be that guy stepping in who really doesn't have a ton of experience and was an undrafted free agent. So trying to attack that hole and finding, essentially scheming around that, having an unexperienced player out there can be very difficult for a defense and can cause a lot of problems for defenses. So using that to their advantage, Giants, like you said, need to scheme around that, Attack those. attack essentially that spot where Wilson's playing or whoever if they choose to use somebody differently. If you have a team that's trading and making moves and having these types of problems you might as well find a way to use that to your benefit. All that being said, and the issues that they've had on defense, Chris, what do you think that they need to do in their game plan for offense in approaching this defense?
0: Well, I I would definitely say start with the basics and keep Daniel Jones upright and keep a handle on the ball because – The Lions do not get their hands on many passes. They only have three interceptions. One of them is Darius Slay, and as you mentioned, he is not exactly gruntled at the moment. So hopefully turnovers through the air won't be an issue. The Lions do get their hands on a lot of balls in the run game, and they do cause a lot of fumbles. I believe they've caused the second most fumbles in the NFL and have recovered the most. So just protecting the football should be the basis for the Giants offense. After that, try to attack the secondary, especially where they might be a little bit vulnerable at the safety position. And also, and this is kind of surprising, considering Damon Harrison is on their defense. Their run defense is not good. Big Snacks is still probably the best run defender in the NFL, but everything around him has not been good this year, which is honestly kind of surprising to read and say.
1: It really is shocking how bad their run defense has been. I didn't even think going into this that their numbers would be so poor because Damon Harrison is such an anchor in the middle of defenses. But right now, they're 28th in rush yards allowed per game. And last week, they got absolutely gashed by Dalvin Cook, who also had a career day against the Giants, but last week he had 142 yards and two touchdowns. I think the the main focus, going in line with what you said about staying simple here, is running it down their throats. It seems that in the games that Daniel Jones has struggled, it's been a result of him trying to do too much, them throwing the ball way too much, and that just has not worked out. You have Saquon Barkley back. You have Wayne Goleman back, too, who didn't receive any carries last week. You should try to establish the run game against a team that's not stopping the run well. Run it on first down, run it on second down if you have to. There should be over 25 to 30 run plays called in this game. Some level of consistency needs to be worked out here. And there is pretty much guaranteed success going against this defense if they decide to do that. Once you're able to run the ball well, it's simple offense that teams are going to be so focused on trying to stop that that Play action will open up. Passing lanes will open up. They're not going to be anticipating pass as often. Throwing early and often has not worked. Try to stick to running the ball this week.
0: I would also say dial up as many cover two beaters as you can. We heard after the game from Patrick Peterson that the Cardinals had noticed specifically that Daniel Jones struggles when he sees a two-deep shell. Two safeties and zone coverage. The Giants are gonna have to throw the ball at some point. And even though they've got Saquon back, he's probably not exactly healthy. I think we noticed that pretty pretty clearly against Arizona. When you throw the ball, make a cover two beater your first play call, and then audible out of that if they show something that isn't a cover two. Matt Patricia Coached under Bill Belichick for a long time, he is a very, very smart man. If the Cardinals and Patrick Peterson saw some holes in the Giants' passing game, he uh, he absolutely did t- as well.
1: It's almost uncharacteristic for Matt Patricia to have such a bad defense because of how good of a coordinator he was for a long period of time. Hopefully, there's no rain this weekend uh, to uh, <laughs> impact the Giants. Uh, passing game and their ability to move the ball. Um and ultimately they do have a really good opportunity to have a productive day. All that being said, we're now going to transition to ge- the defensive game plan, but before we do that, we're going to take a very brief commercial break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
1: Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com
0: slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash
1: specialoffer. The first thing that needs to be discussed when talking about this defensive game plan is the absence of On Johnson, who has had an amazing start to the second year of his career and he is now being placed on the IR due to an injury so that means a pretty diminished run game for the Lions overall though Chris what do you think this means for the Giants and how they're going to approach things
0: I'm not sure because behind Johnson there's really a lot of question marks you know we just got word today that the Lions are activating, or they have activated, Paul Perkins, the former Giant. The Lions' offense is not the Cardinals' offense. It's not schemed anywhere near or anything like what Cliff Kingsbury threw against the Giants. But the Giants' struggles against misdirection and the outside run are on tape now. So if these running backs can get that a similar kind of quickness to the outside that Chase Edmonds had the Lions could try to use that against the Giants defense but also it it almost might not even matter if the Giants are able to defend the run because of how good Matt Stafford is playing right now
1: it seems like they immediately wanted to lean on Matt Stafford because they threw the ball 45 times last week once Carry on Johnson went out just to kind of a look at this running back stable you said Paul Perkins they recently added and the second guy right behind carry on was Ty Johnson I'm assuming no relation and JD um, McKissick so no big name players it's not like they have a good one-two punch no one that's going to break a game I'm pretty sure Ty Johnson didn't even surpass 30 yards rushing last game I I think that the what this ultimately means though is that they're probably going to also come back and throw for over 40 times if they don't find a way to scheme the run game and get some plays going, they're probably going to try and lean on and use Matthew Stafford as their go-to guy because he's been playing lights out right now for the Lions. Another guy who was lights out last week was Marvin Jones, who caught four touchdowns against the um, the Vikings last week. Do the Giants actually need to be worried? Was this just a, a flash in the pan?
0: I'm gonna say the Giants should definitely be worried. You know, the Lions have played two of the really best pass defenses outside of the Patriots in the NFL the last two weeks, and Matt Stafford has absolutely dissected them. He is, he has always been a good quarterback, but right now he is not just good. He is being he is playing some of the most efficient football of his career you you mentioned Marvin Jones and his four touchdowns he also has uh Danny Amendola and Kenny Galladay playing really well and they're not just picking picking up short passes you know quick dink and dunk type passes they're throwing the ball down the field and they're doing it well enough that the Green Bay Packers who I just mentioned were one of the best pass defenses in the league coming into last week now lead the league in passing plays over 40 yards given up. And that is due in large part to the work of Matt Stafford.
1: You said it right there that they've been so focused on stretching the ball downfield. They're not afraid of throwing past that first down marker and attacking defenses, trying to get them on their heels. I think in large part, They're able to do this because Matthew Stafford has a ton of time because of how good their offensive line has developed into. Now, it's not a perfect offensive line, but Taylor Decker is one of the better young left tackles in the league. Frank Ragnow has been a strong developing second-year player. Overall, they've kept Matthew Stafford pretty upright. Last week against the Vikings, I didn't see too many plays where that very good Vikings defensive line... Was really able to wrap him up and and take him down. They've were able to create a clean pocket for him, allow him to have multiple um, plays where there was a ton of time for him to throw and plenty of room for him to throw the ball past the first down marker.
0: Yeah, and Stafford's doing a pretty good job of spreading the ball around as well. You know, Marvin Jones has thirty receptions. Kenny Galladay has 25, Danny Amendola has 20, and TJ Hawkinson, the rookie tight end, has 18. And each one of them is averaging over 12 yards a catch. So the Giants do have a tendency to give up big plays in the passing game. I mentioned that the Packers now have the most plays over 40 yards given up. Well, as of right now, the Giants have the second most plays over 20-yard passing plays over 20 yards with 30 and the third most passing plays over 40 yards with 7. So, that passing attack is something the Giants should definitely be worried about.
1: You mentioned the amount of weapons that they have and it really has been very easy for Stafford to produce because of all of these different assets that he has to throw the ball around to mix things up. It's not just the same guy every single time. It's really not surprising that we're not one of these guys is having some astounding statistical year because they are able to be consistent in finding different people each play in each game. So all that being said, that all we just discussed, Chris, what do you think needs to be the approach to the game defensively. It sounds like it's going to be even more daunting of a task to slow down this passing attack than it was last week when we were talking about how unique Kyler Murray was in this offense.
0: Kyler Murray is unique, and that is an a unique offense, but it's Stafford is experienced. And if this is one of those games where it's close at the end of the game, that's a position Stafford has been in a lot and he has more or less taken Eli Manning's crown as the best close game quarterback in the NFL. I would say the Giants' first, you know, their first priority has to be defending that passing game and not getting destroyed deep. They should probably default to playing an aggressive man coverage because that's what their cornerbacks are best at. The Lions do have some Big receivers. So they'll have to be careful not to get bullied at the line of scrimmage, especially by Kenny Galladay. He is, yeah, he's not Megatron, but he is an impressive physical specimen, to say the least. You know, with the deep concerns and the speed concerns with Janoris Jenkins and DeAndre Baker, and also. Antoine Bethea, the Giants should try to disrupt those routes as much as they can without getting called for a penalty and hopefully give Marcus Golden and Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez and the defensive tackles some time to try to really disrupt Matt Stafford, move him off his spot, and he's athletic enough where he can scramble and his arm is just Ridiculous in his ability to throw off platform and from just weird arm angles. So, but hopefully pressure would affect him and really keep him from being that hyper efficient quarterback that he has been.
1: Stafford's experience might be his biggest strength here, and all of that goes in line with why he and this passing offense, an offense in general, has been doing very well. I, I think the approach might have to be as simply as saying that they need to do whatever they can to stop them from beating them deep. They need to almost sell out and anticipate that they're going to be doing that because right now they're depleted at the running back position. They don't really have anyone that they can lean on uh, and give the ball to and have 20, 25 carries in this game because on Johnson is out, is out You can almost expect that they're going to come in trying to throw the ball. They're not like the Cardinals where they were able to make this transition um, and work the ball on the ground because they had athletes. Chase Edmonds is very fast and athletic. If David Johnson played and actually contributed, he is very fast and athletic as well. No options for the Lions here. Maybe coming out in some nickel and dime on second and third down and just being prepared for expecting passing plays in any given play.
0: Yeah. And not being afraid to blitz. The Giants have had success when they've been aggressive on defense. They've been aggressive in their coverage calls and have sent pressure. They've got Dan Buchanan. Jabril Peppers is a very experienced blitzing safety. Use that. Dial up as much pressure as you can, because if you're going to get beat, you might as well Go down swinging rather than sitting back and letting their offense basically take whatever it wants. The Giants just don't have the players to be able to play that kind of a defense. And even if that means letting, sorry, even if that means saying to Detroit, beat us with your run game because we're going to do everything we can to take your passing game away, that might just be their best bet.
1: Blitzing is another opportunity for them to slow down their passing attack and and besides changing some packages and coming out with some different looks they do need to use what has worked which is blitzing and trying to create pressure that way Marcus Golden has benefited from that Alec Ogletree has benefited from that and so has Lorenzo Carter Alright that's going to be it from us folks and thank you for tuning in as always but also make sure you subscribe you rate and review wherever you're listening to us additionally make sure you follow us on social media at BigBlueView is the site's Twitter account and also Chris and I's Twitter is at Joe DeLeon D-E-L-E-O-N-E and at Raptor M-K-I-I don't be afraid to tweet tweet at us with any questions or any comments that you're thinking of I'm always very consistent in getting back to people and trying to respond. Thank you for tuning in, folks.
0: More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier.